tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops. Woman. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. You are a beauty. You gotta believe. But your sister is so goddamn loony. Your love life drove her to fits. And when we went to that remote cabin, she tried to hack me to bits. And on this pod, we're going to get Hammer Ed. T-Dubs, get us off this crazy thing called flops. (laughs) Perfect. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. This is our 218th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we continue our look at romantic comedies that failed to break the bank, or bombcoms, with 1993's cult classic, So I Married an Axe Murderer. I am your slam poetry host with commitment issues, Bling Blake, and along with me tonight for this comedic thriller jaunt through the city by the bay are the new detective who just wants to hang from a helicopter just once, the thunderous wizard. If you want my potty and you think my voice is sexy, come on, baby, stream it now. I'll take it. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, I try. I hope we're going to get a lot of Stuart tonight. We also have the pilot who has no concept of time, Captain Cash. I want you to know they all call me Captain Cash, but you can call me Vicky. All right. And we have the drunken dad who knows it's the pentaverate that's really running things. In his magnificent and much-anticipated return from parts unknown and perhaps even the dead, if prior reports are to be believed, Mayor McCheese himself. You guys can hold your applause like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I'm back for maybe one whole pot if I don't fall asleep during this thing. Wow, I, I, I swore you were about to introduce Ralph, the old plumber who would appear on the pod who disappeared <laughs> after his honeymoon, but... It's not going to sewer taking his job a little too seriously. It is not Ralph Elliott. This is not the man who flushed his life down the drain. <laughs> it is, in fact, Mary McCheese. And points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. So I Married an Axe Murderer is free to stream on Max, or you can rent it across platforms for $3.99. I love this movie. I still love this movie. I'm not sure if the rest of my compatriots are going to give it the same kind of love that I am, but I'll tell you myself, I own it. You should own it. Go out and buy it. You won't you won't be upset that you have this in your collection. Let's talk beer. Let's talk beer. Tonight we are drinking Fireside Chat, 
It's a cozy winter ale from 21st Amendment Brewery in San Francisco, which I chose, obviously, because that is where our movie is set. And I tend to like spiced winter ales. It's one of my favorite things about this time of year. So bye-bye, pumpkin beers. Hello, winter beers. Before you get too much into the beer, didn't you once tell me your favorite thing about San Francisco is that time you spent a few months in the pen and carved out your bitch's eyes? Then peed into their ocular cavities. And the next day, him and four other inmates took turns pissing in the bitch's ocular cavities. <laughs> First of all, guys, I told you that in confidence. So thanks for blowing my cover. God damn, I miss Phil Hartman. I really do. Like the most deadpan delivery of that horrific line. Oh, he's fantastic. Phil's great. I blame Andy Dick. The best the best is when Mike Myers interrupts him and he gives him that like side eye, like I will kill you look. <laughs> when Anthony LaPaglia, like, no, not now. Not now. <laughs> Don't interrupt Vicky. Don't interrupt Vicky. He's telling a story. Fireside chat does come in at a Captain Cash approved 7.9%. Hooray! Hooray! And despite that relatively high alcohol content, it is not overly boozy. Um it pours a, a pretty dark uh, amber color, but uh, it's surprisingly light on the tongue. Uh, the spices are nice. It's a crisp little autumn winter beer. I, I like it. I could definitely sit around the fire and have more than a few of these things. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm going to go with two and a half bad movies. Warm on the tongue, right yeah. spices, the complete opposite of haggis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haggis is usually warm. That's not fair. It doesn't have the right spices. <laughs> that I I can't back that up. That might be fair. Are there the right spices for haggis? There are the wrong spices. I'll tell you that. Oof! I've never had it. Have you guys eaten that before? Honestly, it's sausage. Uh, no. Nope, as he says in the movie, the Scottish are not known for their cuisine, and that is just a fact. So, it it's fine. It really, it's fine. I like a Scotch egg. Tell you that much right now. I like scotch, scotchy scotch. All right, that's a different movie. All right, also uh, in San Francisco. Oh, San Diego, opposite whale's San, vagina, San Diego. Bling Blake seems like a Rocky Mountain oyster kind of guy. I've had one. Come on, my dad tricked my mom into eating one. <laughs> well, how'd that go for on that note? Oh, uh, not well. well. That checks out. That checks out. All right. Well, getting into the tale of the tape here. So I Married an Axe Murderer was written by Robbie Fox and uh, directed by Thomas Schlam? Schlam? Schlamme? I don't know. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Uh, He's the, the director, Thomas Shlam. I go with Shlami. Shlami seems to roll off the top. Shlami has almost exclusively worked in TV both before and after. So I married an axe murderer. Um, Yeah. And Robbie Fox didn't do much either. I feel like 85% of this movie, though, is Mike Myers doing whatever the hell he wanted to in the moment. Yeah, no, this is a lot of Mike Myers' leftover SNL little bits that he's like, I can sprinkle these in onto a regular stand-up guy. 
Yeah, I'm sure he had plenty of uh, rewriting going on with the script and improv along the way. But but it's interesting because we'll, we'll get into this more later. Um, and I think you guys aren't going to fight me too much when I say that it, it's not doing the best job of showcasing how good Mike Myers is and can be. Well, um, here's my question. I don't know if there was a lot of behind the scenes to this movie. I didn't really look a whole lot up, but he's notoriously kind of a prick. And he was very difficult on Wayne's world and like bullied Penelope Spheris a lot and was very like set in his ways. And years later they did that sort of COVID reunion and they kind of like mended fences. And she's like, you know, in a way, like I, I, I thought you were undermining me, but it worked out so well and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like that could have been some stuff going on here. Like he, he gets to the point in some scenes where it's like, yeah, it's not working anymore, bud. <laughs> yeah. What is the background story in his deal? Cause I was going to bring that up at some point in this, but I've heard the rumors too, that he's just a dick or he's like, he is impossible to work with. I, I, I read a story that he kicked a background actor off the set of the love guru for looking at him the wrong way. Well, that's a bit much. I, I'd that, always heard it kind I of mean, spun that he was a perfectionist, but neither is great, though, is it? No, no, probably not. But I mean, in terms of being like, no, we're going to do it my way because I have a vision and that's what it's going to be. Standing your ground, everybody being like, well, he's difficult to work with. Like, yeah, because he doesn't give into your well, bullshit. There's it's a large than... difference between guy who hasn't made a successful movie and say James Cameron, who's the same way. Don't bet against Jim Cameron ever. It just, it's never worked out for anyone. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't make that mistake. Anyway, uh, our movie here, it does obviously star Mike Wayne Campbell Myers as Charlie McKenzie, as well as Charlie's father, Stuart McKenzie. He's alongside Nancy, Tim Allen's wife on Last Man Standing, Travis, as Harriet, sweet Harriet michaels as well as anthony joe reeves lapaglia as charlie's best friend and newly promoted detective tony and amanda honey bunny plumber as harriet's sister rose okay so last week we did the when you see an actor that's all you can see them as yeah she is honey bunny forever and always she's honey I, yeah hard yeah in fact i I almost Yolanda. feel like this is the movie that landed her honey bunny for just how goddamn crazy she is. Yeah. I'm sure Tarantino watched this. They try and make uh, Nancy Travis's Harriet seem a little weird. And she does seem a little weird throughout the film. Uh, but also like just sort of like awkward in the way that she really likes this person and maybe says weird things. But like, it's very clear the sister's a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From the... Immediate first time you meet her, you're like, oh yeah, she's she's scary. Yeah, she's an absolute nutcase. An absolute axe murderer. Why don't we get to see what she's drawing? I mean, she's clearly drawing a portrait of him while they're having her awkward breakfast, but like, come on, give me give me this like super like horrible caricature. Like she's really bad at drawing, but like shows it off. Like yeah, a that would have been good. Also, how do you guys you guys were texting us all day about how unfunny this is? This movie's great. She offers him all this great breakfast shit, and then she pours him cereal. Not too like, expert. We didn't have any of those. It's definitely things. like, hey, I didn't have any of that other stuff. Here's this super odd roommate. 
Next time you guys come visit us here, that's what I'm doing. Oh, you mean like we didn't when you didn't offer me your victory whiskey? <laughs> One way street. Hey man, I will I will buy you all the beers you want at the bar, but if you're wearing the wrong color shirt, you don't get to have my touchdown whiskey that I smuggled into the game. That's not for you. It's not for you. All right. Anyway, uh, after that awkward silence, and perhaps my this might be my last night on the show, it seems. So I Married an Axe Murderer was a huge financial flop, bringing in only $11.5 million against a budget of 20 Reviews were mixed to bad at the time, um, but the movie sits at still only at 53% on Rotten Tomato, but it does have the audience bump to 68%. Um, and that checks out because in the intervening 30 years, this has become an absolutely, and I think well-deserved cult classic. I think this is definitely a 90s cult classic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people love this. I, I, I don't know if people much older than us love it or those much younger than us love it but uh my oldest brother what me and him watched this almost weekly back in the day uh, i mean it's a very gen x movie right like i would say it's a cult classic in the sense of what t-dub said it's it's if you were hooked into it when it first came out you probably are still into it but like you're not getting a bunch of millennials right now like oh shit did you see that old mike myers movie <laughs> Right. Yeah, movie, I mean, that's reasonable. It's 100% of a certain time and place. And it's not like Dumb and Dumber where you could show this to someone and they're like, that's so funny. Oh, my God, Jim Carrey. They're going to be like, some people thought this guy was funny, huh? Well, they'd be like, this is kind of cringy yeah. from start to end. Like, it's cringy until she pulls the axe out. And then you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yep, that's yep. what the, that's what the 90s like rom-com was. It was like that goofy montage like they had in the, in the uh, meat store. There are, I, I, like I said, I still love this movie. I'm going to be defending this movie almost all of tonight, I think. But there are there are some moments where I was just like, what the fuck are we doing here? What is going on right now? I'm in the same yeah, boat as you. Yeah. I know I was texting a little negative earlier. I still do love the movie, but there were some parts where I'm like, I don't know if it's just the fact that I've seen so many Mike Myers films that it's become him puking up these little cutesy characters that I like it burned me out. Like there's portions of this movie that live on within my immediate family. Like the happy anniversary song is the song that we sing at anniversaries and no one understands it. And like the, my parents used to constantly call me heed because of my giant head. Like this thing has a, a long history in our household. Yeah. Witness to that. <laughs> no it is it is remarkable how much like sputnik your head is it's it's round but it's still quite pointy in parts he doubles oh. back me up my mother used to make jokes like that she used to say things orbited my head because oh man mccheese got oh, me i mean how do you think it, you get it really like feels McCheese. like mccheese is sore about it <laughs> this many years later yeah, that's oh, no. that's a bit off sides i think he's gonna be crying himself to sleep tonight atop his gigantic pillow this huge pillow, pillow. <laughs> oh that would hurt didn't it <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a bit off sides <laughs> Um, moving on, that does bring us into our one sentence descriptions. Uh, Captain Cash, why don't you kick us off? Wreck origin stories. 
Shrek origin stories? Is that That's what you said? Li- you look me in the eye and you tell me that this wasn't just 20 minutes for Mike Myers to shop around his Scottish accent before it landed on Fat Bastard before that turned into Shrek. That's all this is. Wait, Shrek rising? Like Hannibal rising? Yes, exactly. I was going for a X-Men Origins Wolverine and or Magneto. But yeah, Shrek origin story. That's what this is. I'll give it to you because of the voice, but the rest of it doesn't fit. (laughs) All right. I'll hear it. That's fine. All out. Mary McCheese, what do you have for us? I have to go back to doing my movie announcer voice. Coming this fall, there he goes. The Mike Myers 90s love story. All right. Yep, that's fair. Thunderous Wizard, you got a one sentence for us tonight? All right, I'm also going the 90s song route. And if you want to throw meat at old women in my butcher shop, just go ahead now. And if you want to hear me say Ralph in my sleep, just go ahead now. And if you want to get murdered by my sister at a cabin that's way too far down a fucking dirt road, just go ahead now. I wonder what the the like the whatever you call it. You guys are smarter than me. The song budget on this is to buy all of the '90s hits. Well, considering this is a now give, album, you know they, that, right? Like they now used to that's give. What I call you Spin Doctors tapes out at Burger King, so I doubt it was that expensive. <laughs> the, hey man, Spin Last Doctors. Week. That was my first. That was my first cassette tape that I purchased. Two Princes is still a jam. Pocket Full of Kryptonite is a great album. I'll hear nothing other than Isn't that. Isn't that three doors down? <laughs> no. That's just that's just kryptonite. I mean, uh, it, was, it was close, though. You could... Yeah. But that means that three doors down is derivative of the spin doctors, which I think any music historian oh, would easily there's, point out. There's I think no any lower... music historian would point out that all music after 1993 is derivative of the spin doctors. Yeah, that's fair. It all just goes right back there. They own the 90s soundtracks. Richie Rich, this, several other films. At least like two more movies. Uh, I did part 90s, part noir murder mystery, part offbeat black comedy. All Mike Myers realizing that he really needs to write his own material. And let's get into the plot. Charlie McKenzie is a local slam poet living in San Francisco who makes his frequent breakups the subject of his poems. Basically, He's the Taylor Swift of beat poets. That's it, yeah. The, the, the T-Swift of 93 San Fran. And I like to say San Fran because I know how much the locals hate it when you say that. So for all those flatlanders. The, the foggy city. Cisco, baby. His best friend, Tony, is a recently promoted police detective and believes that Charlie is afraid of commitment and will identify or invent any reason to break up with someone. At this point, did you realize that this movie was essentially just like, hey, you know that show Seinfeld? We're going to write that, but way worse for Mike Myers. Yeah, it's a little Seinfeldy. It's very Seinfeldy, like... There's the, some the, friends going on with the giant cup of coffee that he gets in the scene. She smelled like what? What kind of soup did she? She smelled like French onion soup, as always. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. She yeah. just smelled like soup. No, it's a vegetable beef. Vegetable beef <laughs> soup. Charlie, no, she didn't. You don't know. You weren't there. <laughs> She's a thief. She stole my cat. So yeah, 
While purchasing a haggis for his Scottish-born parents, Stuart and May, he meets a butcher named Harriet and is attracted to her. During his visit with his family, Charlie and May discuss his most recent breakup, and May brings up a tabloid article about a bride known as Mrs. X who kills her husbands on their honeymoons. Ooh, I thought we did the spooky comedies last month. So Charlie, I mean, yeah, man, it's fair, right? I mean, come on, it's like a okay, like a horror comedy going on here. It's definitely a thriller. Charlie goes back to the butcher shop and finds uh, to find to meet Harriet, and uh, she's overwhelmed with customers. So he offers to help. Yada yada yada. Hijinks ensue. I think some of you had problems with this scene of him playing with meats. This scene I rules. Just, my problem with this scene is entirely it's it like in the script it read, and Mike Myers does some stuff. Mike that was Myers it. Does some meat-based stunt comedy. Yeah, that that's all. And then I, I just, whoa, what, uh, what is this? Uh, <laughs> I do like that one. I like the hand one. Where he chops yeah, up. like give help, help, mom, mom, call the nurse. <laughs> I will say that there's no way this flies nowadays. There's no way this. Scene oh, gets you can't. Meat. You can't just be massaging meats and making noises at a butcher shop. <laughs> I think it's the three chick dead chickens dancing that probably puts it over the pita line. <laughs> I think it's, I don't have a problem with any of the things that they were doing per se, but if yeah. I was standing in the back of that crowded ass butcher shop and instead of cutting meats and weighing out stuff for customers, they were messing about with chicken necks, I would be raging. I'd be stealing I, sausages from I would have written such a sternly worded letter on oh, 1993 yeah. Yelp. Yeah. Right. This is my this is my question of like why did they seem like they were trying to make San Francisco Seattle because they're like it's just a zany meat shop you guys <laughs> a zany international meat shop because that's how you buy haggis so I don't I don't think San Francisco and Seattle are as different as you think they are they're they're pretty much the same place aren't they yeah they're neighbors <laughs> I think here's the big thing that we we should note about Michigan. the movie Mike Myers Charlie McKenzie is clearly the one who should be getting dumped by these women. He has enough free time that he's able to just volunteer at a butcher shop because he doesn't have a real fucking job. And I'm not sure how he pays for anything. He's a successful poet. Mm, how do we know he's successful? He goes to open he... mic nights with his friend who dresses as a pimp. <laughs> and I mean, it, isn't his, isn't the cop friends one comma is like, are you going to do the same poem tonight? Or does he say you're going to do another girlfriend poem? Yeah. Oh, you're gonna do the woman thing again? <laughs> so Success, is, is he getting paid for this? Or is he just getting free cappuccinos? That's a big cappuccino. That could probably I mean, cover rent in 93 San Fran. That is I wonder how that many times accurate. he's used the giant cup joke if that's the place he's doing all of his slam poetry. <laughs> that's Hello. It. Yeah, they've never oh. heard it before. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> fucking again, dude. Come on. You order this every week. Every time, and you the same joke. I thought I ordered the medium. All right. Well, so Charlie and Harriet, they they start to date. And then, uh, you know, birds and the bees, one thing leads to another. Charlie spends the night at Harriet's place. And that's when we get to meet Rose, Harriet's, uh, let's call her eccentric sister. And she warns Charlie to be careful. 
We also learned that Harriet used to live in Atlantic City and was involved with a trainer, a Russian martial arts expert. And she also screams for someone named Ralph in her sleep. Charlie arranges a dinner with her to meet his parents. And they say, of course, that, that Harriet is their favorite of all of his, his prior girlfriends. But Charlie rereads the article about Mrs. X. And the article identifies two of her victims as a martial arts expert and a man named Ralph. Dun, 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 dun. dun. I do want to give the props out for 93. They did a fairly good job with two actors playing uh, one character on the same shot. Yeah, they did it nice. Uh, It was spliced together fairly well. He pants now! Yeah, I I, I really shouldn't skip over uh, having dinner with Stuart and May the first time. That is... I think the reason why most of us love this movie from that watched it back in the day is because of that scene alone. That's Stuart and, and May. Stuart's the ridiculous guy. Everything at the dad. And, yeah. and the horny mom. May's who, the horned up mom yeah. going after the detective. It's cool. fantastic. There was a guy on my rugby team in college who was named Head because of his giant dome. Um, the jokes are fantastic. All the one-liners come from Stuart for the entire movie. And that's, again, I think we're getting into this more later. That's That's this movie's biggest downfall is that the Mike Myers that we get the most of is not the funniest Mike Myers in the movie. It's not even funny Mike Myers. No, I I can't go all the way there. He's not great, but he has some great moments. Oh, this is Ralph. And then his pants fall down. I'm naked, aren't I? (laughs) I'm naked right now, aren't I? (laughs) He has moments. But yes, the Scottish dad is the highlight. and For sure. Um, It's almost as though Mike realized this and repurposed this character for two others, one of whom makes a billion dollars. He's done a lot of Shrek stuff. There has been a lot of Shrek stuff. He does voices because he's not funny. And he's not funny because he does too many voices. It's a vicious cycle. (laughs) Oh, that's not nice. Uh, I mean, he's very funny. He's just, there's a specific thing you use him for. Voices? I mean, silly characters. That's why he works so well on SNL. It's why he doesn't work so well as normal guy, wait, beat poet. Because I guess, again, that's a job a person can have. Say what you will, but he's still the highlight of Mystery Alaska, and he's only in about two minutes of the movie. Hey, you know anywhere a guy can get a good rub and tug around here? If you're going to play this game, you got to have a lot of heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net. If you don't got that, you ain't got dinky do. God, I love him. So after this, now now Charlie thinks obviously that Harriet is Mrs. X. So he asks Tony to look into the whole thing. Tony says, "Hey, it's all right. Not only are the husbands dead from Mrs. X, but but the wives all went missing as well. So it's definitely not her." Uh, Charlie's still scared. He has a few more dates. Harriet doesn't help because she's just awkwardly creepy at times and obviously it's to make us all keep guessing if she maybe really is a killer or not but uh they they break up then charlie's all depressed tony finally tells him hey guess what somebody confessed to the murder of ralph elliott in texas harriet is not mrs x thank god 
Charlie has another great poetry scene from the roof and makes up with Harriet. Harriet kind of explains away some of her history, like Ralph is a woman that she knows, where we finally get the scene of, of uh, Charlie hugging Harriet and the towel falls, or Ralph a, and the towel A woman falls who looks remarkably like Linda Hamilton, but is God, not Linda is Hamilton. Uncanny. Yeah. The first thing I did, I was like, is no, there's no way. There's, she's just slight. She's very off. busy. No chance, I right? Immediately went to IMDb and was like, no, yeah, that's not her, but damn. So finally, we're at the, uh, we're, we're at Charlie's parents, Stuart and May's wedding anniversary. At which Charlie proposes to Harriet after some back and forth because she didn't say yes right away. She finally accepts. Then we get to go to our wedding ceremony. We get some more great Stewart moments, notably singing If You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart to Bagpipe Karaoke. They Arguably Scotland's greatest poet. Yeah, I would say so. After the ceremony, they go on their honeymoon to Poets Corner, a secluded mountain hotel up in Northern California. And after they leave, that's when Tony finds out that the confessed killer of Ralph Elliott is actually a liar. So it probably is Harriet that murdered all those men. And, oh, yep, he confirms, in fact, that uh, that Harriet was the wife of all of our victims Harriet is Mrs. X. Tony has to fly in a plane to get up there as fast as possible. Oh, yeah. Alan Arkin was here the whole time giving us some great moments, too. I would just like to say we all deserve a bro like Tony. The man charters a flight to come save his buddy. He's the hero of this film. A hundred percent. Not in the police budget. (laughs) That is not in the police budget. Well, I don't know. Alan Arkin was very uh, on the softy side. Like, oh, do you need a hug? What's wrong? I loved Alan Arkin in this. Alan Arkin was great in this. SFPD sounds like a really supportive environment uh, that really nurtures the growth of their officers. And I like that. I like that. I think that's why you got to continue to fund the police. You got to have good programs and caring leaders like Alan Arkin. Because I'm sure almost every real police captain is like that. If I had to create a list of hotels I don't want to spend my honeymoon at, just below The Shining is this fucking place with their super awkward interactions at every turn. Like, we have a lot of traditions here that you have to do. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> carrying me to my room. That ain't, that's not happening. It's like, mm. no, no, sir. Mrs. McCheese walked through the room at this time. She's like, this hotel is fucking creepy. And I was like, yeah, super creepy. Yeah, no, it's, it's just not, it's not happening. Like a real classic bedding ceremony. With a weird wicker one and a half chair. It was, yeah. It was the weird. only Real time. It's a midsummer territory. <laughs> I've, I've felt less comfortable was when Captain Cash dragged us to that goddamn Barbie bar at Comic-Con. It was like, we got we to gotta stop doing the fake hand thing. <laughs> we we got to stop this. We got to be, we got to be done here. We're not. Oh, I look so bad in those pictures. You those pictures, great. those pictures are why I've been going to the gym literally every day since I got back from that trip. Not even the Holy Grail could stop that heart attack. No. God. <laughs> so we know now Harriet's a killer. Tony's still racing to the hotel. Uh, he finally gets there. Right before he does, though, Charlie's running away from Harriet, trying to, to not get murdered by her, and he locks himself into a small part of the hotel room where he finds a note from himself telling Harriet that he's leaving her. 
And that's when Rose shows up with the axe and a, uh, a goddamn uh, American Psycho poncho situation suit to, to murder him. And then there's an axe fight on the roof, but not as cool as the one in Bullet to the Head. Yada, yada, yada. Rose falls off the roof. Tony catches her at the last second. Harriet and Charlie live happy, happily ever after. These beers are strong. <laughs> there are some mini moments in this whole fight sequence that are great. Where he's interviewing her, and you can clearly hear Mike Myers in the hacking. Like, that's cheesy. Whack! Where where she kicks him in the nuts and then he kicks her and like does that just cheese dick smile. <laughs> he gets That's he good. gets racked on the on the thing. I I always I still love the scene. I know it doesn't hold up that well. Or the the moment where she throws the axe and it hits the it thing and the that's root. when he falls down and gets racked. Yeah, I love this movie. There's, it's yeah, a great movie. The flight in, we get Stephen Wright being the completely also great pilot. Yeah. <laughs> There are so many great cameos in this. Uh, obviously, Mike Myers leaned heavily into his comedy contacts to get people to show up for this thing, and it's fantastic. Charles Grodin not letting Tony commandeer his car, which is a great joke, because <laughs> earlier he was complaining about never getting to do cool detective shit to his captain, Alan Arkin. I like uh, Stephen Wright's was... story about his dream, where he's like, I was born eight and a half months premature, and he's like, just fly the plane. He's like, wait, did I tell you this dream already? <laughs> Who cares about your dream? <laughs> it's so good. So, yeah, it's funny because I, I think you mentioned this in, in the text, uh, Mayor McCheese, that I, I joked at one point that it was a, a quick 90 minutes. And I said it because I watched the movie before everybody else did. And it was kind of tongue in cheek because at a few points, I really did find myself getting bored and the movie dragging a little bit. Uh, so when you said that, I thought it was really funny because I I was kind of joking when I said it's a quick 90 minutes. It is only 90 minutes long. It definitely feels longer than that in parts. But I think that gets us through the plot. So, gentlemen, so I married an axe murderer. How many beers are required? Thunderous Wizard, we're starting with you. Okay. I, I still enjoy this movie a lot. I just said that. I'd give it three enjoyment beers. And because it does drag a little ass and is supremely dated, you get the one pain beer. If you're not a child of the 90s, I think you'll hate it. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll get anything out of it, particularly because Mike Myers, you know, hasn't done anything really relevant since the Austin Powers series. And Shrek, I don't really count because it's voice acting and it's not him as a physical performer. So he's just, I bet them Shrek checks cut just as well, though. Yeah, but he's just not relevant in terms of like comedians, for sure. So he's kind of like the the old guy that used to be famous. Yeah, if this isn't like part of your SNL history or part of your comedy history, I I think this movie is pretty rough. But I still love it. So three and one. Fair. Cash. It's a ninety minute movie. I I watched Oppenheimer. Oh, I could have watched this movie twice for an Oppenheimer. So, I mean, are there parts that are funny? Yes. Is enough of it funny? No. It's two. One pain, one enjoyment. After 90 minutes, it's just it's not going to leave an impact. It's not bad, but it's also not enough. Had you watched this a lot 
prior to, to us doing this? Enough that I could do the, if you want my body and you think I'm sexy. But no, it, like it wasn't like a staple, but like every other kid who grew up in the 90s, he'd look at him like an orange on a toothpick. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Mayor Cheese, what do you think? I'm probably splitting the difference of two enjoyment, one pain, and flip that if you weren't from the 90s, um, just because it is so long. And I do have some nostalgia for it, but really watching it after what is this 30 years it is slow in some parts and after seeing a lot of mike myers other portfolio work you're like oh this joke is very familiar (laughs) or this gag is repetitious um answer number two the last thing mike myers is relevant in was standing next to kanye when he said some outlandish shit oh boy George Bush three, doesn't care about black people. And then and three, talking about the Shrek checks, he fell backwards into that because of Chris Farley's demise. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Oh, by Farley. You also didn't have to make it a bummer either. Yeah. No, I'm gonna, go. Just, to, just to knock you down a peg or two from your Shrek love uh, fest. Over there. Honestly, I mean, like, this is a this is a movie you quote with friends. So if you watch it with somebody who's uninitiated, they're gonna be like, you thought that was funny? Like, yeah, I did. I thought it was hilarious. But it's a quote yeah, movie. Like, I don't, I don't think Mrs. McCheese ever saw it. And the second she starts watching, she goes, it's "Mike Myers is the axe murderer, right? He looks like it." And I was like, "No, <laughs> damn it!" I mean, his his hair I color mean, not shi- wrong. His hair color shifting from brown to like vibrant red throughout the film is like a warning sign that this guy is not on the level. I yeah, just really uh, enjoy how much he looks like he's in a Pantene Pro V commercial for most of the movie. His hair is glorious. All right, I'm going with you guys on this. Uh, I do think it's it's two enjoyment, one pain. Not because it's so long. It's only because it's it's not that long. It's only 90 minutes. But there are a few things that, that don't hold up. Uh, it does drag just a little bit. But I love it. And the 90s nostalgia was super fun coming back to it. I haven't watched it in probably 10 years. So I enjoyed that very much. So two and one for me. That brings us into our first break. We'll catch you on the flip side. Welcome back. This is our 218th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are continuing our look into 1993's So I Married an Axe Murderer, and we have some lingering questions. The first one, gentlemen, should this movie have flopped? Um, Considering Wayne's World was such a smash, no. Right off of it. It should have done better. I mean, for 20 million, right, the cost, it should have at least recouped 20. I'm kind of shocked it only made 11 and a half because... Again, he was very popular. Wayne's World was a massive hit. Obviously, we did Wayne's World 2 on the pod, and that was not as big of a hit, but still made a lot more money than this. So, yeah, I'm I'm fairly shocked that this tanked. Pretty sure I agree, actually. Given the juice that Wayne's World had in the 90s, right? Oh, hey, here's the next big thing from the guy who did the thing that everybody saw. It really feels like it should have at least done like okay. 
Yeah, if you look, Wayne's World is 92. This is 93, and then later in 93 is Wayne's World 2. This came out the same year. You would have figured it would have gotten even a little late story bump just by people being like, oh, Wayne's World 2 is coming out. Let's go see his other movie real quick. I think the titles of movies mattered a lot more as well as the poster back in 1993. If you let me let me take you back, listener. Let me take you back, panel. It's 1993, and you want to go to the movies. What do you do? You, you go to the movies and look at the posters and figure out what the showtime is and then dick around for an hour waiting for the movie to start. Or in my case, I opened the newspaper a and what? looked at the showtimes. A what paper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. A newspaper. Listener, this was a media delivery device that showed up on your driveway every morning. You open the newspaper and you look Get out of here, old man. Get out of here. <laughs> Stop yelling at clouds. Yeah. So, so for me, I was like, Mike Myers, I know him. I don't particularly like horror. And the movie poster is him almost getting hit in the face by an axe. Did this set itself up to be a genre flick, even though it's really not, it's not a horror movie at all. But did, close. It, but did it set itself up to be a genre flick or pigeonholed as such because of its title, because of its movie poster imagery? People were like, I don't want to go see a horror comedy because that's what this movie looks like. Uh, I think it's tough. It, the 90s were a time where comedians on name alone could sell a movie. If you had Jim Carrey, in your billing, the movie made money. Yeah, I mean, so I married an axe murder. What is that? Well, what what is Ace Ventura Pet Detective, right? What is Silence of the Lambs, which made $270 million, right? Like, if you're not familiar with the source material, that's a weird goddamn title. But it's all, well, yeah, but it was the number one best-selling novel for however many years running. Thomas Harris wrote an entire series of books. Many of which were popular before. Oh, Sons this is America, out. Blake. Nobody reads here. Nobody reads here. Well, we <laughs> we had a, a whatever his name is from NCIS. He did Mindhunter before that movie ever came out. Give me that crap. First of all, it's William, also William it's Peterson also... was on CSI. Gil Grissom. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, the deal for summer school was on NCIS. <laughs> I like Mark Armand. Hey man, very isn't, it, isn't your boyfriend on NCIS and NCIS? Uh, my boyfriend Scott Bakula was on NCIS New Orleans, New where Orleans. they made With him do a Creole cool accent, and it didn't go well. <laughs> Feels like oh, a real boy, Kevin I... Costner Robin Hood situation. Do I have a recommendation for you tonight? We're going to get into this later. All right, so moving into our second question: Is there a more early '90s to a T? movie than this oh yeah singles or reality bites 100 percent are more 90s because they're more realistic 90s but those movies are 90s the f out was I mean, it singles this... with with matt dillon in the band called citizen dick and 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 uh eddie vetter's in the band well that was a little bit more you know like uh uh you know gritty 90s this reminds me so much of just like that that yuppie 90s what is friends like that is this okay hear me out and it's gonna make some people angry 
Clerks. Clerks is a more 90s movie than this. Oh, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, one most of the dudes of his works at a video store. 90s. Yeah. They're, it's adults. No, yeah, it's adults who don't want to be adults, like, which ends up also being millennials in a lot of ways. But no, that's just called people. A little sidebar. You know what else came out this year? Groundhog's Day. Wow. You know what else came out that year? Made bank. Groundhog's so. Day. Oh, God damn it. Little sidebar. Happened. You know what else came out this year? <laughs> no. Don't. Don't pot angry, Thunderous Wizard. Don't pot angry. <laughs> How what else, what, what else came pot? out that year? Uh, what uh, what other crappy movie did we do? Uh, I mean, you could be real 90s and go with Hackers. <laughs> All super 90s hack, Hackers. Hack the planet. Yeah. Uh, Mario Brothers, turning a child's video game into a weird <laughs> dystopian... <laughs> Sex-driven acid trip. I'm not talking about about <laughs> a representation of the lawless-ass 90s. I'm talking about a representation of the VH1 Chris Isaac music videos 90s. I mean, this is probably one of the more 90s movies we've ever done yet. The soundtrack alone is like, Ooh. holy shit. They played There She Goes three <laughs> times. <laughs> Sidebar, three, you know what else came out this year? It drops <laughs> Groundhog's Day, Point Break. Actually, uh, I was saying it earlier. There, it, this is a very crowded field of movies that came out, and just this year alone, in '93, I was going through just the comedies list, and it is, it, it's a minefield of what they're going to be playing against. Well, there you go. I am a slam poetry agent. Oh wait, that I'm getting my movies mixed up now. He was a fraud who loved his bulldog. He Beep ordered bop, two, bop, bop. so Utah, get him right now. <laughs> Around the corner, there is a sub shop. Nixon Utah. is definitely not a crook. But a... Oh, Hot Shots Part 2 came out this year. Hot Shots Part 2. All right. Moving on. Question number three. Stuart, Charlie's dad. Also, Mike Myers obviously steals the movie. We all agree. Yes. 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 Him and Alan Arkin. Him and Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin is fantastic. Tony's Tony's an actual character that I'm like, I like this guy. I like whatever's going on with him. I like everything about Tony. He he has no problems with me. Uh, I like Tony. But girlfriend seems to suck. She doesn't have a lot going on. (laughs) Debbie Debbie, Mazur. Debbie Mazur. But a great scene. Got electrocuted. I, I love her. What's worse? <laughs> and that's it. You go I to your favorite restaurant. You go to your favorite restaurant. You order your favorite steak. You cut into it. First bite. There's a Band-Aid. What's worse? That or getting electrocuted? And? Uh, yeah. And? <laughs> and? I was electrocuted it. once, so it was, it was bad. It was awful. It was awful. She's like, I was electrocuted once. It really sucked. I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Debbie Mazur's great. So where does things that are great, where does Stuart rank in terms of Mike Myers doing an accent characters? And we'll go one step further. Let's start with where does he rank in terms of Mike Myers doing the Scottish accents? So really, it's Stuart, Fat Bastard, and Shrek. One, think, two, three. I think Cash has some strong opinions. We should let him know. Right? Yeah. Acting Cash... Kevin Cash, real quick. 
kill, marry, fuck. Stuart, Shrek, fat bastard. It. I feel like 30 years of marriage is nothing to look down on. And, you know, a, a little of what we've seen of Shrek being married, he seems very uncontent or incontent and kind of selfish. So, oof, I mean, it, listen, we're going to marry Stuart regardless. Yeah. You have to. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because, I mean, again, 30 years of marriage, nothing to scoff at. And you're going to dance and you're going to drink. Nothing wrong yes. with that. Yeah, let's see. He's gonna get hammered on his lazy boy and sing. Uh, what's he singing after the soccer game? Some drunk I, I Irish just, song. So, Scottish some, song. Yeah, some Scottish just, song. Come yeah. back here. The real challenge is, I own an elaborate system of pulleys, so fat bastards definitely on the table. But how do you match the sheer raw sexual charisma of Shrek? <laughs> I just. I don't know. I I guess I have to kill Fat Bastard. I, I don't feel good about it, but we kill Fat Bastard because that Shrek is going to be amazing. Confirmed. A, there's a big follow-up question on the Shrek call. Yeah, Confirmed. yeah. Captain Captain Cash, we all know what it is. Captain Cash is It's not a question. Shows. It's not a question. <laughs> it's readily apparent already. I didn't comp- I, I didn't even like think of the possibility that you were going to bottom for Shrek, but that's obviously what's going on now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Is that what I said? I think the words were power bottom. God. So all I can tell you, again, confirmed, Captain Cash loves donkey shows. Also, also, uh, Stuart, top tier Mike Myers character. Here are my two favorite Mike Myers accents. And Donnie Schulzhauser from Donnie Mystery, Strait. Mystery Alaska probably doesn't count because he actually is Canadian. Yeah, just doing a Canadian accent's not doesn't really count. Those but two, he's from Toronto. What accent does he have? Eh? It's just a very pronounced Canadian Toronto? accent. Yeah. All right, sure. So he's got if, a hockey accent. If I could go drinking with two Mike Myers characters that he does the accents, it's those guys. Yep. Uh, I don't want to drink with Shrek. Shrek's no. terrible. He nearly dumps his wife for being fat like he is. Like, what kind of asshole is Shrek? <laughs> like, I didn't think you'd love me anymore. It's like, look at this motherfucker. Are you kidding me? Stop it. <laughs> I hate Shrek. He's a selfish piece of shit. He's mean to his pet. I'm not in on Shrek. I mean, the pet just showed up. It didn't leave. Dude, you think I'd ever treat the question Gino the, was the not odd mascot like that? Gino no can't way. go get a job. Talking Donkey can get a job tomorrow. No. Gino can get a job. Gino can't get a job. If he wanted one, he could have one. Yeah, laying, on his, laying on his back ain't a job. Blake, he's a show dog. He has papers. <laughs> he's got freaking papers. You can't board him. He gets upset. His he hair falls upset. out. This went way sideways. <laughs> 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 this is more fun than i anticipated this is fantastic all right uh yo yeah so i'm with you Stuart. Stuart ranks high i love him i don't know for, for my money i don't know if there is a mike myers quote i'm not gonna say that this is my favorite mike myers movie by any stretch of the imagination oh my god he's gonna say the cat in the hat <laughs> but abomination but I don't know if there's any uh, Mike Myers quote that gives me more satisfaction to say than anything related to heat, pants, oranges, toothpicks, Sputnik, 
saying that was offsides. He's going to cry himself to sleep tonight atop his huge pillar. It's a I, wee pillar. Come on. Piper down. He's going to cry himself tonight. <laughs> it's okay. He's just pillar. pissed, but we have a piper down. I, I'm sorry. I just, I, there's no way Stewart from the, like, even Fat Bastard or Mike or the, the, Austin Powers, oh, behave. That shit was everywhere. I don't know, man. All I know is I swore to God Captain Cash was going to answer your question with step on me, big green ogre. (laughs) (laughs) The joke you were looking for was choke me, ogre daddy. Come on. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) I shouldn't have to write this stuff for you. You're welcome. Um, no, I'm not saying that the lines are more well-known, Cash. What I'm saying is that I like saying them a lot more than Behave" or any of the Mike Myers standards. Okay, no, no, that that's fair. These um, never got, I feel like... No overplayed to the point this where this movie like, made $11 million. Oh nobody saw it. Yeah, nobody nobody quotes this except for yeah, bros. There, there weren't Halloween comedy. costumes of Charlie McKenzie like there were Austin Powers for a decade plus. Right, because we could all get a short sleeve mock turtleneck and a double and a puffy shirt. Purple suit, yeah. yeah. Uh, question four. This is, this is a question, but not really. Why do I love Alan Arkin so damn much? God it's because he's him. so good. Yeah, right? he's, he's yeah, he's one of the actors of all time. He doesn't he's even get credited actor. in this movie, and he steals every scene yeah. he's in, obviously. Every movie Alan Arkin is in that I have seen, he's always my favorite part, almost. Yep. He's great. He's a great actor. He's just one of those, he's he's one of those guys that will go down as a consummate professional, an incredible actor. And if he's in a movie. And even if the movie sucks, you're like, well, Alan Arkin was good in that. And his comedic timing is so impeccable. It's wild to me how well he plays it straight the entire time. Like, Nicolas Cage, you can't argue, puts his whole ass into every role he's in. But there's some element of unreality to it all. You're like, oh, he's going full Cage, right? Alan Arkin has that same level of commitment, but I absolutely believe all of Alan Arkin characters exist in real world. Feels like a real person. Yeah. yeah. Every Very time. Understated. Every yeah. time. He's a chameleon. And I, I believe you recommended the Kaminsky method when we did a movie. Yeah. Was you. And he's great in that show. It's She's two, so good. It's two master actors who are older. It's like, oh, don't forget these guys exist because they're both incredible. They, they they crush it. All right. So anyway, yeah, like I said, that wasn't really a question. Just uh, a shout out to definitely a pod favorite in Alan Arkin. Love also, him. Kaminsky Love him Method so is sort of a Nancy Travis shout out too. So yeah, she's in that yeah. also, right? She's uh, mm-hmm. she's dating what's his face? She dates Michael Douglas. Yeah. And they, love, they play in the show Travis. the first time they meet. There she goes. I I love her. And, and I don't love that Tim Allen last man standing show. I used to. 
uh, when it first came very, out. Uh, it's funny, but it's also very. Uh, it went too far. Like the go first couple woke, seasons, go broke. Was, yeah, <laughs> yes. first couple seasons when it was just like him and Hector Elizondo having fun, and you know there was stuff I loved about it, and now things I don't love as much. But anyway, she's fantastic. She remains fantastic in that show. I, I love Nancy Travis. She's adorable. Question number five. Our last lingering question. As far as IMDb rankings go and their, their star rankings, this is ranked higher than Wayne's World 2. Should it be? False. Yes. No. no, absolutely not. No. I'm with, I'm with, I love this movie and I'm with T dubs on this. No. Wayne's World 2 is, is just worse, Wayne's World, but Wayne's World's incredible. I, yeah, I agree. But Wayne's World 2 is very bad. Very take bad. Me, take me, Shrek. Where? <laughs> Back low. to my I'm, swamp. I'm, I'm low on gas and you need a jacket. <laughs> I just... Dude, Gordon Street. At, at least this Come movie on. tries Street. something different. It tries something different. It's not a rehash. Now, d- does it work completely? No. And the weird thing is Mike Myers is the problem at the heart of it. But that still makes it better and more ambitious than Swing! Dude, he has, a, he, he has a kung fu fight with James Hong. Chris Farley, the scene that they they steal from an officer and a gentleman. Come on. I'm yeah, gonna listen, go. Pick I'm a jealous fight. I'm not Del. Mike Myers and got to fight James Hong too, but that's not enough reason for me to call Wayne's World 2 a good movie. But Garth finally got his pubes. I mean, I'm a, I'm a and, and, here. and good for Wayne's him. World 2 should be ranked higher than this. Okay. Listen, there's All a right. lot of people's girlfriends in there. There's a lot of people's girlfriends in there. All right, let me raise the stakes a little bit. Captain Cash, I think I know where, based on your, on your, on your logic previously stated, I think I know where you're going to come down on this. Let's go to an arguably more successful franchise than Wayne's World. Not saying it's better movies, more successful franchise. This is also ranked higher than Goldmember. No, that's fair. No, it's it's better than The Spy Who Shagged Me. That's the second one because Heather Graham is terrible in that movie. Uh, But Goldmember's got way too many clutch cameos, including Tom Cruise and DeVito. Goldmember, it really nails the, like, hey, I'm going all in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we get Beyonce in that. No. Sorry. Gold Goldmember is... Oh, Travolta. I don't, Dude, I don't... I don't... Travolta. Yeah, I, I don't give a shit if just a bunch of random celebrities show up in my movie. Don't you fucking dare. Don't, I, don't you dare besmirch Johnny T on my watch. You know he's Charlie Wax, don't you? I'm take, aware. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I forgot Goldmember was a movie, and then because it barely is. Instead of a movie, it's just a bunch of random cameo vignettes. It's terrible. This is way better than that. It's way better than Wayne's World two. Let me just say. Let me just say when I when I made out my bingo card tonight. In no way, after our text message exchanges, that I have Captain Cash defending this movie over any other Mike Myers property. Now, now listen, is it better than The Spy Who Shagged Me? No, because no. new premise and it was kind of fun. And it's not better than Wayne's World, obviously. And it's not better than Wayne. It's not better than the original Austin Powers. 
We knew it's better than the Love Guru. Well, uh, do oh, I've never Jesus. actually seen the Love Jesus Guru, Blake. but we on reputation alone. <laughs> I so fun fact, listener. Originally for this bombcom series, I wanted to do the Love Guru, so I watched it in order to to do Get the movie. Ready? Yeah, in in order to do this thing and. I told these guys, I was like, I can't make you do this. Like, I have to pick a different Mike Myers bombcom. <laughs> so that's why I switched. I am so I married sorry. It's so bad. Uh, I still love parts of it. And I, the thing I miss is the opportunity, the segment of who has the worst French Canadian accent, Justin Timberlake or uh, Eugene Levy. That would have been a lot of fun. So I think we would have had fun with that. But don't that, you dare this isn't better than Shrek now. one or two. <laughs> Guy Fontenot's accent is perfect. Uh, let me just, just real quick, because this is, I know we're doing something else, but. Did someone order the Quebec pizza? Eh? The special Quebec pizza, like in the porno? Huh? Timberlake crushes Jacques Lecoq. Grand. Yes, that, listeners, is going to bring us in to our second break. We're going to refresh our beers, and when we come back, it's the competitive portion of the pod. So buckle up, folks. We're going to have a good time here. We'll see you in just a few minutes. Welcome back, listener. We are concluding our 218th episode here on Hops and Box Office Flops with our look at 1993's So I Married an Axe Murderer. And we are on to the competitive portion of our pod with the Whoa Man Trivia Challenge. Tonight, we've got the standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz, gentlemen. And you will be playing for the gigantic poster of Atlantic City from Harriet's apartment. Hope you got the space for it. Otherwise, uh, your HOM will be getting you a fine for putting that on the outside of your house. I don't have the space. I'm me, Stuart's killed. Yeah. Can I get the piper who was down? Yeah. No, man. That's that's called kidnapping, and it's it's a big <laughs> no, deal. Like he'll come hang out for a day or do like the in- he'll do a new intro for the pod. I just want him softly falling, going. <laughs> he did a good I job would bet money. They just Googled. Oh no, they couldn't have Googled in 1993. That it just found a random Scottish band like. Hey, find a bagpiper in San Francisco and ask him if he wants to be in a movie. And that's Dude, how that happens. Every, I mean, Phoenix has them. I'm sure every city has them. Yeah, they all work for the fire department. Pipe and drum corps. You know, baby. And they just, I might pay them just to pretend I'm Roddy Piper for a day. Actually, a, a guy I played fo- high school football with does the uh, does the Cincinnati Pipe and Drum Corps. Well, there you go. Yeah. See that? We're there making you go. If you think I'm sick, and yeah. you want my boy. So, so my point is, we got a bagpipe connection for the show. Should we need it in the future, gentlemen? Tonight, your chimes are heed pants or let's get pissed or any of the pod standards or any other one liner in that you want to chime. You can in call me Vicky. With. Yeah, you I'm can go with Vicky. Yep. <laughs> Boys, just really whatever it is you want. We want to know what you mean, and we're here for it. So, 
Gentlemen, are you ready for the Whoa Man Trivia Challenge? Put it in the skin box, please. Put it in the skin box, please. That's ooh, that's a keeper. Freaky deaky oh. Dutch. Question number one. Charlie's best friend is played by Anthony LaPaglia. Before his acting career, LaPaglia was a professional soccer player in which country? A, Japan. B, Australia. C, Italy. Or D, Argentina. Burr, burr, burr. I but believe I, that was was that a chime in? Is that yeah, a chime in? I chimed in with the Australia would be my guess. Australia is the answer. Number B, number B, letter B. Really second Australian, option. so that is correct. <laughs> Anthony Paglia is Australian, which I did not know until I watched this movie and was doing research for the pod. Did, did either of you two know that Anthony Paglia? Um, no, one Australian. Yes. yes, I had no idea. I had no clue. I've I've been watching this guy for thirty plus years on television, at least thirty. Right? He's a brother no too, right? That's an actor. I, I had no idea. Not only is he from Australia, in the eighties he played as a goalkeeper in the National Soccer League, which is uh, Australia's top flight league back then, before it became a league. For Adelaide City and West Adelaide soccer clubs. How about them apples? And then he starred in some of my favorite 90s movies. This, Empire Records. Love Anthem. Yeah, right. Again, didn't know he's Australian. He's Australian. There you go. Well, way to go, Australia. Eventually, he was in Without a Trace, which my dad really loved. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, all right. So that brings us into question number two. Speaking of countries of origin... Which country issued Mike Myers' passport? Is it A, the United States? Is it B, Great Britain? Is it C, Canada? Or is it D, the Netherlands? Heed! Captain Cash. It's Canada. You, my friend, have fallen for the classic this feels red like herring. A, yeah. yeah. This is a trap question. You are incorrect, sir. It is not Canada. T-dubs. Let's get pissed. I feel like if it's not Canada, and this is just me trying to be deductive, is it the Netherlands because of Goldmember? The freaky deaky Dutch? Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, that's what I would have done next, too. Welcome to Red Herring number two. Oh, my God. Yes. The two Red Herrings. I got you, boys. McCheese, if you don't get this. Bitty, bitty, big cheese. You're down to the United States or Great Britain. I mean, every part of me wants to say the USA, which I don't know if it's a triple red herring. Uh, I got to go with USA. Even if I fall for the trap, I'm okay with the answer. That is incorrect. Ah, It is, in fact, Great Britain. Uh, Myers' parents are both uh, British, so he uh, got British citizenship upon birth despite being born in canada and uh he retains that citizenship you know now that you say that i feel like i knew it and i am sort of ashamed i'm sorry i'm never gonna pick great britain over usa no matter what the question is no 1776 (laughs) for life i uh 
sorry, Bling Blake, but uh, the British fans are the worst. The worst. So I don't yeah. even want to hear about it. You are up one to nil to nil. Thunderous Wizard. Going into question number three. Mike Myers is an alumni of the Improv Olympic Theater in Chicago. Which of these actors is not an alumni of I.O.? Is it A, Bill Hader? Is it B, Amy Poehler? Is it C, Eric Stone Street? Is it D, Sean Hayes? Or is it E, John Favreau? Everyone stop your job and look at the insensitive man. <laughs> uh, Great choice. I'm pretty sure Polar was out of California with uh, Will Ferrell's troop, whatever their name is. The were. Groundlings? Yeah. Or it could be very wrong. Uh, I believe that you are correct in that she did do work with the Groundlings, but before that, she spent some time in Chicago ah. and is also an improv Olympic theater alumni bullshit yeah, remember these guys all worked for like multiple companies over the years you know so they did all of, they went to a lot of places ponytails cocktails you got t-dubs i'm gonna go sean hayes that is correct yeah i thought i recognized some of the other ones so if you watch the i am chris farley doc they interview a lot of people from the chicago comedy scene um, yeah, the, the tough part about this question was actually because almost everybody did Second City, which is yes, the more yeah. famous Chicago yeah. comedy scene spot. But I.O. is extremely famous and popular. So the, the trick was five people that were alumni of one, but not the other. And uh, yeah, yeah. So Sean Hayes never did I.O. Although I did hear his recent uh, run at uh in new york was amazing good good from, night charlie from kansas from new york i mean kansas all right t-dubs that's two to nothing to nothing with only two questions left somebody can be maybe tie it up here here let's see what happens question number four from the mystery alaska pod we all know that mike myers is a toronto maple leafs fan but he is also a soccer fan. Which club does he support in the English Premier League? Is it A, the Tottenham Hotspur? Is it B, Manchester United? Is it C, Liverpool FC? Or is it D, Arsenal? Soccer sucks. So <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I guess at the chime in? No, I'm not chiming in. I'm oh, you're just not. establishing a fact. Choke me, Shrek Daddy. Um, Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mary McCheese, it is not the Tottenham Hotspur. That's Bling Blake's favorite club. I had to so go I knew with that. That was the red my nephew's favorite yeah. club. It's actually that's that is the uh the, the scarf that's behind me here. It's Tottenham Hotspur. You know what? Forget it. Uh <laughs> show me the donkey show. <laughs> <laughs> what you got Tito's. Liverpool. Liverpool is correct. Sealing <laughs> your victory. Oh, oh eat it, you pervert, Captain Cash. As we previously <laughs> what established. What are you doing in my swamp? 
as we previously established, Mike Myers' parents are from England, specifically the Liverpool area. And uh, that is why he has been a Liverpool supporter from day one. T-Dubs, you can't get a clean sweep because nobody got question number two correct. But you could skunk both of these mofos on question number five. Can you do it? Mike Myers has appeared in one film that has been selected for the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Which film is it? A. Shrek. <laughs> B. Wayne's World. C. Austin Powers. Or D. Valkyrie. Heed! Captain Cash. Wayne's World. That is incorrect. I'm going to sheed. We're going to give that to Mary McCheese. Groundhog's Day. <laughs> Mike Myers isn't in that. I'm bringing it full circled earlier. <laughs> so no, I, I appreciate what guessing, he was doing there. You're also guessing Wayne's World? Is that what's happening? Sure. I'll give it to Tito's. Uh, I'll throw my guess away just to get the, the Groundhog's Day joke back in there. So so I thought it was Wayne's World as well. Um, because honestly, that that is the most culturally relevant movie he's been in. Like, it's not I even close. Shrek. Now I hope yeah. it's Shrek. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I guess Shrek because it set a new standard for animated movies. Uh, or uh, uh, I, I think the Shrek movies suck. So if it's Shrek, I'm going to be disappointed because it should be Wayne's World. And he's not in Valkyrie, is he? He is in Valkyrie. Is he? Yeah. Oh well, there's no Germans in it, so that makes sense. <laughs> is it Shrek? Please tell me it's Shrek. It's Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> got a two for jokes on that then. Uh, yeah, when you guffawed when I said it, I was like, "Oh, that's that's choice." <laughs> yeah. So yep. Valkyrie is an incredible story, and there's a great book uh, that I have that you can read about it. I'll have to find it. I'll recommend it on one of the pods. But the movie is fine, but it hits. It does not hit very hard when a bunch of handsome American and and other actors are the people playing these roles. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, before we wrap up, there's one thing that just popped back in my mind that was unnecessary in this movie, and it was the dumbass, oh, I have a ton of stuff in my closet gag where he's running away from her. It all falls on him. Like, what the fuck? Charlie, like, drink the drink it. Took me 20 minutes to make this. <laughs> drink it. No, I'm fine. When it gets to my recommendation, um, I don't blame him for not wanting to drink that. So, yeah. No, I mean, poison. It's It's a legit thing. It happens. That girl is poison. Wait, what? Situation oh, is critical. Talk about 90s. Here we go. Here we go. Well, speaking of recommendations, that's where we are. We finished our competitive portion, so we are on to recommendations. What do you have on tap for us this week? Captain Cash, kick us off. I, I have two things. One is a recommendation, which you probably don't need, which is Oppenheimer, because that thing's made like a billion dollars. I finally got around to watching it. It is very good. Is it people sitting around and talking in rooms for three hours? Yes, but they're all excellent actors. So probably check that out. Okay. Outside My recommendation that, then is to watch the scene with Oppenheimer 
and Einstein, where somebody on the internet queued the Lincoln Park over over this like we'd set off a chain of events that would destroy the world. And then it's like doon doon doon. <laughs> it's like it's pretty great. Okay, I, I do okay, that might actually be pretty good. But the other thing is I watched the uh the the verse movie or show Monarch on uh Apple Plus. It's set in the whole Godzilla universe and uh it's not great. I don't know. I watched it. What we're gonna see. You guys all oh, like yeah. those monster movies way more than I do. So is, is I like a, kaiju. Is that a recommendation or like a a warning? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like, warning. I re- like that's my problem. I He's really like, don't, don't watch know. it. Like I'm, I'm like don't 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 watch it. But like I'm two two episodes in and. The end of one episode was super cool, but it's not grabbing me. Okay. Fair enough. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Good talk. I guess. Sorry. Mary McCheese, you got anything for us this week? Yeah, you guys know I don't really consume a lot of media. I don't even remember the last time I was on here. I guess the only thing of note that I enjoyed was King came out with another book called Holly. That was a decent read. But other than that, no, I don't got much. Good it's enough. More, it's more T Dub's alleyway as watching, and I don't know how you pull it off. T Dub's likes to watch so much. How you watch? How you, two Turn kids around and all the bullshit you do <laughs> slowly. You watch like nineteen <laughs> movies a week. Oh, uh, you know, I just I'm a night owl, so it's called insomnia. Uh, I do have uh, some recommendations. I uh, I watched Donnie Brasco on Netflix, and I, I hadn't watched that movie in a long time. It's a really good nonfiction film about a guy who infiltrated uh, the mob in in uh, New York. So good. Played I love by Johnny movie. Depp. Uh, and he gets in tight with this character played by Al Pacino, who's sort of a mafia tough that's kind of too stupid to to get as high or as important as he wants to be. But it's a, it's a really good movie. Uh, check it out because it's free on Netflix. Uh, I've been really going through some 80s and 90s action films. I watched Double Impact, Free on Max. Uh, speaking of movies with the same actor playing two characters, it holds up. It's not great. It's like every Van Damme movie. It's entertaining, but not particularly good. Um, I just finished reading Killers of the Flower Moon because I wanted to read the book before I saw the movie. And I think uh, if you're able to and of age to read a book before seeing the movie, you should always do that. And there's so much uh, extra context added to the book that I'm sure is not in the movie. That's really important. And I can't wait to see the film. I'm probably going to wait for it to be on Apple TV because it's three and a half hours, but uh, yeah, it was really good. And it's shocking how heinously evil these people were and what they were doing. And when I made the joke about poisoning, it's because these assholes were literally poisoning Osage native Americans. Um, in their systematic murdering of the Osage people. So uh, check that movie out. I've heard it's very good. I'm really excited to see it. I saw a great little video of of Lily Gladstone um, giving a talk on her last day of filming. And Native American history is so vitally important. And what we did um, to, to the Native American tribes is something that should never be forgotten. So yeah, 
Jesus Christ. But it's a, it was a great book. Uh, it's a very interesting read. It's a super quick read, too. So, yeah. You're not wrong. Neither is Mary McCheese. That was heavy, bro. I'm just uh, saying. I mean, it was a good book. And yeah, again, I'll check and it out. And, this, and the story is tragic as, as hell. I'm going to read it and watch it with uh, Mrs. Bling. And my life will be miserable for like a month while we're going on a letter writing campaign or something. The reason I'm not going to go see that in theaters it's because the depths of the heinous behaviors that these people like committed are a lot. And I'm not sure I can sit there for three and a half hours knowing what is going to come and not be able to like take a breath. Yeah, that sounds awful. My recommendations are a little uh, less heavy. I watched uh, on Netflix right now is The Killer starring Michael Fassbender. It's pretty darn good. I really wanted to watch that. I haven't done it yet, but I'm yeah. excited. Um, I really like that. So you should go watch it. It's it's very good. There's something, you know, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I think you'll be entertained for an hour and a half, two hours. Um, the other one I watched was Guy Ritchie's The Covenant with Jake Gyllenhaal. See, uh, yeah, think, really good movie, huh? I think that's fry on free on fry. I think that's free on Prime right now. Yeah, and I like that one too. It's good. I like. Again, I, mean, I like. I like action of, movies, war movies. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of American atrocities, right? Let's talk about it. And uh, and it's a nice story, especially if you think that what we did to those interpreters was pretty shitty, which it was. The Covenant. It, it's good and great action movie. It's very reminiscent of like. Uh, Extraction, although maybe Jake Gyllenhaal is a, <laughs> little, a, little, a little less superhero-y. It's a little less exaggerated, but yes, yeah. Um, but it is exaggerated fun. for sure. It's, it's exaggerated. He's he's a little superhero-y with some of the shit that he that he does and pulls off. And uh, but I I really liked it. It's very good. And then the last one, uh, gosh, I don't know if I'm recommending it or not. But one thing that was alluded to in this movie, uh, our favorite character Stuart in the scene with uh, LaPaglia and him in at, at Charlie's parents' house, when he starts talking about the Pentaveret, the, the group that runs the oh, world. No, no, I, no, you watched it? There's a Netflix show uh, called The Pentaveret. Based on this idea, a lot of characters are played by Mike Myers. I'm about three and a half episodes in right now. It didn't do well. It's not reviewed well. It's not considered a successful show. There are things I enjoy about it. There are things I'm like, oof, about it. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll come back when I finish it. But The Pentaveret, it is on Netflix. If you like Mike Myers, you want to support the stuff that he does, six episodes. You can watch it while you're reading Killers of the Flower Moon or something. Remember, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at Bling Blake. Captain Cash is at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social medias. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. And McCheese, now that he is back into our sphere, can be found at HBOF McCheese on Twitter. I don't and know if that's even active anymore. That thing might have died. <laughs> it's not dead. Elon's using you for some kind of monetization. Should we, should we call the school nurse? Or 
Gene Helm. Into a bot. And if you want to find the Thunderous Wizard, he can be found at writer TLK on Twitter. Yeah. If you if, in- if you just want to tweet me flowers, just go ahead now. Just send him some flowers. He needs it. He needs the emotional support, folks. And uh, we appreciate your love. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. I hated the colonel with his wee beady eyes. You know, he puts an addictive chemical in the chicken that makes you crave its fortnightly smart horse. We'll see you next week for the final installment of our bombcom series. No, nay, just our next installment of the bombcom series, Palm Springs.